I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. Hey, hey, welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast. Michelle Grosser here. And today we're going to talk all about how you respond to stress. There are four different stress responses and we're going to go through them. And I think it will help us grow an awareness of how we, how our particular nervous system and body responds when we are feeling stressed or overwhelmed or all the things. Because you guys know, once we grow in that awareness, we are then empowered to do something about it. But before we jump into all of that, If you have been enjoying the Calm Mom podcast, if you've gotten anything out of this show, if it has helped you in any way, I would be so grateful if you would take just a few seconds to leave the show a five-star rating or a short review, or maybe even both. It would just be the best way that you could thank me. It's the best gift you could send me in this holiday season. But for real, it's just the best way that we can get the show in front of 
other women just like you, that we can help resource them with these tools and this in, this information, right? Where they can be encouraged and find community and just have this resource that all of you who are listening also have. So if you could just take a few minutes to leave the show a five-star rating and then maybe even just a few words about what you've loved about the show in a short review, it would mean the world to me. I'm so grateful for you guys. I say it all the time, but I have the best audience, the best listeners in the whole world, and I am so grateful for every single one of you. So thank you. All right, so let's talk about stress. Let's talk about stress, shall we? Because, I mean, life can be stressful. Parenting can be stressful. We're in the holiday season if you're listening to this live. Right around the corner, the holidays can certainly be stressful for a lot of us. And the thing is that stress in life, like if you're going to do anything in this life, stress is unavoidable, right? We can be super intentional about identifying our stressors and reducing our stressors and even eliminating some stressors. But we can't eliminate all stress from life, right? Some stress is just inevitable. I say it this way. Sometimes I'm like, life just keeps on lifing, right? Like there are things within my control that I can grow an awareness of and be intentional about and have new habits and delegate and ask for help. And I can reduce and even eliminate some of my stressors. But it is impossible to eliminate all of life's stress. It's just it's just part of the human experience, especially if we're raising kids, especially if we're working in the home or outside of the home and raising kids. Like it's just going to happen. So what I want to do today is talk about each of the four um, survival responses, the four stress responses. And I want to talk about them in a way in which it will be helpful to you, I think, to realize and catch when you are starting to like venture into that territory of your stress response, because this can be a stressful time. And I think it's super helpful for us to be like, wow, I realize that when my body starts feeling overwhelmed and I'm perceiving some sort of threat or I'm stressed out or whatever it is, this is my go-to response, right? This is how I'm patterned to respond. And then as we grow in that awareness, we can start to catch it before we're actually in the response. Or when we are in the response, instead of you know shaming ourselves or getting frustrated with ourselves or allowing our inner critic to pop up and throw all these you know labels or judgment at us, we can be like, no, I know what's going on here. My body is feeling stressed and overwhelmed. My nervous system is doing the best that it can to respond to that stress. And I'm just in my stress response. And then we can take steps to help ourselves come out of it. So as we're going through these four different stress responses, I want you guys to just pay attention and notice what seems to resonate for you, what seems to land for you. There are no, or I shouldn't say that, there are very few like hard and fast rules when it comes to stress and our nervous system and trauma. So it's not like you'll have, you know, one of these stress responses and not have the other three, but there's probably going to be one or two that are most um, well patterned that, that you, that you resort to most frequently when you notice that you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed. So as you grow in that awareness, again, you'll be able to do something about it. So I find it helpful as we go through this to kind of talk about and relate these stress responses to the animal kingdom, right? Because I think the animal kingdom, I mean, we're all animals at the the base level, right? And the animal kingdom is just such a great representation of each of these stress responses because the thing is, as animals, 
we're all wired primarily, fundamentally, first and foremost, for survival, right? We're all wired for survival. It's necessary for the advancement of the species. So the first response, the first stress response we're going to talk about today is the fight response. So for this one, let's talk about it as it relates to the animal kingdom. Imagine this, you know, impala in the savannah, and it's just kind of minding its own business. And out of nowhere, a lion kind of jumps out of the brush. And what happens? Now that Impala's nervous system is completely just taking over on autopilot and sending it into this stress response, right? A survival takeover. And it's an automatic response. And the same thing happens to us, right? In our autonomic nervous system. When it happens over and over again, or the trauma is significant enough, we get to the point where it doesn't even have to be a real threat. It does not have to be an actual line jumping out of the brush, right? Our mind just has to perceive anything that resembles a threat that we once faced. Anything that looks or sounds or feels or smells like something that our body has stored away in its library to keep us safe, right? Let's not go near anything like that again. Let's not experience anything like that again. And then anything that in any way, shape, or form is familiar or seems or resembles that original stressor, our body will shoot us into one of these responses, right? That is what we colloquially, I don't even know if that's a word, that's what we refer to as being triggered. That That's what it means to be triggered, right? Something triggers our nervous system and shoots us back to that original stressor or that original trauma And it's as if our body has to respond in the same way, even though in our consciousness, right, what we're aware of feels very different and we don't necessarily understand or know why we're being triggered in a particular moment. So this impala that we're talking about, this impala is going to react in one of four ways, right? Those are the four stress responses that we're talking about. So the first is fight. The first response, the first stress response we're going to talk about is the fight response. So it might decide that you know, this is a lion cub and maybe this is like a really experienced impala and it may have fought lion cubs before or maybe just be wired with a more aggressive pattern, right? Some of you might have taken my personality pattern quiz and maybe you run the aggressive pattern. And if so, this fight sensation, this fight response to stress might really land for you. It might really resonate for you. And that is what the autonomic nervous system decides is going to be and going to give you and the Zimpala its best chance for survival. Now for us, kind of a good way for us to grow in our awareness of our condition tendencies when we're faced with either a real or a perceived threat is like, imagine that you were home, right? And you're just chilling out and you're like, perceive some sort of threat. So maybe you hear a noise outside your window or like you realize someone's trying to break in or something. What's your instinct? Like, what's your first response? What are you conditioned to do? If you are conditioned to this fight response, this fight stress response, you like immediately run and grab a baseball bat and you run straight to for the front door, right? And you face this intruder head on. You're going to like destroy this guy. And it's just an illustration for teaching. But if this is you, like, how is this showing up for you in real life? Like, do you get cut off in traffic and you just want to like, flip someone off or curse him out, right? Does your partner like sometimes do something that makes you angry and it starts this yelling match or you start a fight, you kind of pick a fight? 
Or do you find yourself getting controlling or irritable or aggressive? All of those might be signs that when you are feeling stressed, when you are feeling overwhelmed or unsafe in any way, you resort to a fight response, right? You feel aggressive. When you feel threatened, that's your response. Anger, outburst, aggression, explosive behavior, um, wanting to control or bully, be irritable. That's a fight response. So that's the first one. The second stress response is a flight response. We often talk about them together, right? That parasympathetic, I mean, that sympathetic um, nervous system, that energy that's activating fight or flight. So if you don't necessarily um, resonate with a fight response, maybe you resonate with the flight response. Let's go back to that impala in the animal kingdom. I feel like I keep saying that weird, impala. So if you're not going to fight this lion that's just jumped out at you, the other option is to just book it, right? Like just get the heck out of Dodge. So this impala has been faced with a lion before. It knows that it's way faster than the lion, right? It's familiar with this area. It knows the best route of escape and it's gone. And this might be the same if we talk about our like little break-in scenario. It might be the same for you, right? If you were at home and you notice or hear or whatever someone's breaking in and you run the flight pattern, you perceive this threat and instead of grabbing a baseball bat and running for the front door towards the danger to fight, you do the opposite, right? You open a back door and you run and you flee. You just book it. You're, you're gone. And in your day-to-day, in real life, this might look actually quite similar, right? Things start to heat up with you and your partner, you and a family member or you and work. And what do you do? You dip out. I'm out, right? I'm going to go stay at my sister's for a few days. Or you lock yourself in your room or you grab your keys and you go for a drive, right? Your job gets tough and you quit. You don't want to deal with a threat. So you subconsciously, maybe you're like just working 24-7. Whatever it is, the patterning with the flight response is to avoid right? And there's so many ways that that can show up, you guys. It can show up working a lot in workaholism, right? It can show up maybe overthinking. It can show up in um, anxiety and panic and OCD and just being worried, hypervigilant. It can show up if you have the flight response when you're feeling stressed out and overwhelmed. Maybe you really notice that you struggle like slowing down or sitting still or not being busy, right? That can feel really unsafe if you tend to run the flight response. Another symptom or another way in which the flight response manifests is um, in perfectionism. So if you're someone who tends to run perfectionistic tendencies, that is a that is a um, a method of avoiding, right? I'll just focus on all of this little detail, minutia, inconsequential stuff so that I don't have to face no potential failure if I actually put this into the world. Or, you know, feedback that feels judgmental if I, you know, send this in before I've checked 700 times that it's perfect. Those are indications that your body is running a flight response. I've got a question for you. Do you sometimes feel like you're more sensitive than other people? Does the routine stress of life just feel overwhelming? Maybe sometimes you feel like you could just tap out or run and hide. Are you really creative? You got this great imagination. Or maybe you feel like you're disconnected from your body or like you're a misfit here on earth. You might have thought that's just how you are. All these things are just part of your personality. 
but they're actually coping mechanisms that you've picked up over the course of your life and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially in this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You've got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit, then they became a pattern. Now, as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's interesting, right? There are five personality patterns. They're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategies that you immediately go to when you start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who you are, but rather what is blocking who you are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern and live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Okay, so we've talked it out too. We've talked about the fight response. We've talked about the flight response. The third stress response is a freeze response. A freeze response. All right, so let's take it back to our Impala in the animal kingdom. If I don't move, right, maybe the lion won't even notice that I'm here. That's the thought pattern behind it. That's what's going on in our nervous system and in our subconscious body. That Impala is like, if I just blend in with my surroundings, maybe the Impala, will, maybe the lion will just like do its thing, right? Maybe it's going to see another Impala or maybe it's going to leave and go look for dinner somewhere else. In the animal kingdom, that's how it shows up. And for you, again, if we kind of keep playing on this home, home invasion example, you hear a threat, you notice that something's off, someone's breaking in. And maybe you don't grab a bat like you would and run for it if it's if you're in the fight response, run towards a threat. Maybe you wouldn't lock the front door and then run out the back door as fast as you can and avoid it if you're the if you run the flight response. But it might be that you run the freeze response. And what does that look like? Maybe it looks like you immediately just like duck and hide under whatever furniture is nearest and you do nothing. Right? You don't move a muscle. Maybe if whatever it is or whoever it is actually breaks in, they're going to think no one's home. They're going to take your TV and they're going to be gone. And in our day-to-day life, how does this actually show up? Like in reality, how does this show up? Well, if you run this pattern, you might notice that when you feel overwhelmed or stressed out, you freeze, you feel stuck, you feel slow, like you're living life through molasses, right? It's hard to make decisions. It's hard to feel motivated. It's hard to get anything done, much less started. Um, it's it's uh, dissociative. So if you run this response, you might notice that you just kind of tend to disconnect from your body. You could drive home from work and then realize you're home and be like, whoa, I just spaced out that whole time, right? You open the fridge and you're like, what, what did I need in here? Like you're forgetting where you're at. Your kids are talking to you and then they're like, mom, mom. And you're like, huh, what? <laughs> right? You're like disconnected. You're not present. You're dissociating. Freeze response might also look like isolating yourself, right? Numbing out. A lot of times it masks as depression. We we feel very depressed, but we're actually running. Our nervous system is running a freeze response. It's just shutting down. Freeze response can also look a lot like um, just collapse, immobilization, 
a lot of times there's a lot of shame around it, right? We feel like we're procrastinating and then we feel hard on ourselves, not understanding that our body is doing the best that it can to keep us safe and to cope with what's going on um, by sending us into a freeze response. So we scroll social media, we watch TV, Netflix, we binge Bravo, um, whatever it is just to keep us separate, um, just to keep us in this deep disconnected state so we can survive whatever it is our body is perceiving as a threat. So that's the third one is a freeze response. And then the fourth response is a fawn response. So we talked about fight, we talked about flight, we talked about freeze. Number four is fawn. This is also sometimes called an appease. So if you are a people pleaser, that is a fawn response. So this response is like, you know, maybe if I just make you my friend, maybe then you won't ostracize me or cast me out or hurt me or eat me. If I just pretend this is okay, maybe it won't hurt as bad. And that's what's happening if you run a people-pleasing pattern, if you run this fawning pattern, right? If I do what you want, if I do what I think you want, then you're not going to get mad at me, then I'm not going to disappoint you. So at all costs, right, we avoid conflict. At all costs, we keep the peace because that feels safer than any alternative. So we self-abandon and we don't express authentically. And we don't say what we're actually feeling and we don't voice our needs or our preferences or our desires or our emotions or our feelings or any of it. We put everyone else before us because there is something subconscious going on that if we keep everyone else happy, that's our best chance for love, for safety. So if you run this pattern, how does it show up? You probably struggle setting boundaries. You probably struggle even more enforcing boundaries, right? You probably rarely say no, even though every fiber in your being is like, I don't want to do that. We do it anyway, because we're in this subconscious stress response. It's kind of like when you hear about um, Stockholm syndrome, right? And people staying with their abusers and being overly kind to them. It could be a form of this fawn response. If I keep you happy, my nervous system, my body is saying that that is probably one of my best chances for safety. And that's an extreme example, but, you know, just think of being raised by an overbearing or or a really demanding caregiver, right? If I get the good grades, if I excel, if I get whatever the captain or whatever, if I perform, I'm going to get attention and affection and love. And so over time, we become patterned to make others happy at nearly all costs, certainly at, at the cost of our own desires and interests and passions. Because it keeps us safe and it keeps us loved. And safety is the name of the game, my friends. Safety is the name of the game. So which one of these stress responses hits home most for you? Is it a fight response, right? When you're feeling stressed out, do you tend to get angry and have outbursts and feel aggressive and explosive? Is it a flight response? Do you tend to just go into Work, being a workaholic or anxiety or staying busy or perfectionism or avoiding? Is it a freeze response? Do you tend to numb out and dissociate and collapse and just feel stuck and procrastinate? Or maybe it's a fawn response. Maybe you tend to avoid the conflict, pretend everything is okay, people please, prioritize everyone's needs above your own, and let yourself be someone who has very poor boundaries and really struggles saying no. 
So with all of that being said, what do I think is a good um, takeaway for this? Especially if you're listening to this live over the next few weeks, it's the holiday season. It can be really stressful. We can be really quick to overextend ourselves. All of the parties, all of the gifts, all of the like things that come along with school and class parties and teacher gifts and whatever, right? All of this stuff. Notice how your body and nervous system respond when you are feeling stressed and overwhelmed. If you notice you're snapping at your kids more, if you notice you're withdrawing more and scrolling social media more, if you notice that you are procrastinating more, right? Instead of being so hard on yourself, it's a light bulb moment. Oh, wow. I'm noticing that my body is communicating to me that I'm stressed, right? That I'm overwhelmed. That's what's going on. And then you can use that awareness and make a decision from a place of consciousness, right? Is this serving me or not? And if it is serving you, girl, keep going. (laughs) But if you decide this is not serving me, then you can do something about it. You can use your regulation resources, right? You can bring yourself back into your body. You can bring yourself back into regulation. There is a link in the show notes to my regulation resources um, sheet. It's four sheets of different kinds of regulation resources to upregulate you or downregulate you, whatever you're needing in the moment. That's a great place to start. And if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, Um, I'm going to be opening up a couple more spots to start at the beginning of 2024. So if that is something you've been thinking about, if that is something that feels like it would be aligned and helpful for you, if you have made a decision that 2024 is the year that you're going to stop some stuff and start some stuff and you want some support in that, especially as it relates to, you know, your sense of um, calm and presence and how you're showing up in all of these different spaces and regulating your nervous system. I would love to support you. So there is a link in the show notes. Also, you can book a free 30-minute call with me. We'll just jump on a Zoom. You can tell me about what it is that you're experiencing, going through, noticing. And then I can share with you how I might be able to help you, what one-on-one coaching would look like. And if that feels aligned for you, we can talk about next steps. But more than anything, I just really want to meet you. It's one of my favorite things that I get to do. So as we venture into the the end of 2023. Um, just let this be at the forefront of your awareness, right? Extend yourself some compassion. Extend yourself some curiosity. Why am I showing up in this way when you notice it? Am I in a stress response? And if so, how can I gently bring myself out of that stress response, return felt safety to my body and bring myself back to regulation? resilience, right? That is the name of the game, resilience. That's what we're all seeking to grow in. All right, my friends, I love you so much. Have a great week and I will talk to you guys soon. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, They really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. 
Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.